Support for Slimming Stories is brought to you by Kim, the Colouring Book Coach. Did you know that you can heal your heart and more through colouring and the other fun services Kim offers as a Reiki healer and intuitive? Visit thecolouringbookcoach.com now for your free colouring book and save 15% off any service when you use the code SLIMMINGSTORIES15 in the booking notes when you make your appointment at thecolouringbookcoach.com. That's Slimming Stories 15 in the booking notes. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Slimming Stories. I'm your host, Claire Oldham-West. Hope you've had a decent week this week and I hope you're ready for a bit of a a different show today. We're having a deep dive into self-care. Kim A. Floden is my friend and fellow podcaster and she's also a very gifted lady. She's a Reiki master, a healer. She does a lot of therapy that I guess could be described as a little bit woo-woo, a little bit different. And I just wanted to get Kim on just to have a really honest conversation about things that have really helped her with her journey to self-care, really, and just things that have really helped transform her life. And she's told me all about them. I've known Kim since 2018, and I just wanted to share a bit of an insight. There's lots of things that we can do in relation to self-care. But what Kim goes into detail is is a particular therapy that she had with a lady called Byron Katie. Now, this is definitely not a household name in the UK, but in the US, Byron has appeared on Oprah Winfrey. Uh, I think she's also had a recent chat with Russell Brand and she's basically got this technique, this therapy that Kim had kind of an awakening with so much so that she went back and she was trained by Byron Katie with this particular therapy. And I just wanted to get Kim on just to share the experience that she had with this and the benefits that it brought into her life. And also an insight into breathing techniques that she's taught me. And I think you'll find this really interesting. If you really do your background research and, and take the steps that Kim advises you to take, I think this could be a bit of a game changer. The breathing technique that Kim shares is one taught by a guy called Wim Hof. You may have heard of him. He's also known as the Iceman. He climbed the Everest in his shorts. <laughs> no breathing equipment, no no padded jackets, just his shorts. And the breathing technique that he's discovered has allowed him to challenge his autoimmune system which sounds crazy. So I know a lot of this sounds like, what is she on about? What, what, what is she on about? What has this got to do with slimming? It's got a lot to do with slimming. You know, you have to have a great focus and mindset before you take on any challenges with your weight loss or with your fitness. How many times have you, you know, gone to a gym or gone to a fitness group or a slimming class and thought, you know, my head's not in it. I, I just, I'm just not feeling it. And even though you really want to get into a lower size dress, even though you know that you're feeling sluggish, that you're eating the wrong foods, you're not moving your body, even though you know all of those things, because your mind's not in a a great place, you never really get to that point of, of taking the action, do you? So I really think that today's chat is really important just to challenge our mindsets and to challenge our our beliefs, the stories that we tell ourselves. And I will be pushing you out of your comfort zone. Trust me, I will. And these techniques really do work. Kim shares a fantastic story 
of self-care and she's also due to do a five-day challenge all around intuition and I'm going to be on that course it's a five-day course it's free and there will be a, a link in the show notes of this podcast and if you want to join me and Kim please do because she's amazing this lady is such a talented lady but you know she's a natural healer and I really wanted to get her on and just share the greatness that she is she really is fantastic so sit back grab your coffee prepare to challenge yourself but what I would say is, you know, don't knock it till you've tried it. Take the advice and just see what you can learn from this. Because I do believe what Kim has to share will just help you to focus on your journey. Whether that's a self-care journey, a health journey, a fitness, weight loss. You know, whatever intentions you have, you need to be in a great frame of mind. And during COVID, it's been such a rubbish time for a lot of people and this is the work that we need to be doing. This is the work that we need to be doing now to make sure that we're mentally strong enough to take on those challenges that are going to keep coming on month in, month out. I'm now off lockdown. Technically, I'm now back to work. But there are still things out there that, that are going to challenge us and we need to be strong. So is introducing Kim to Slimming Stories. How are you, Kim? I'm awesome. How are you? <laughs> Absolutely fine. So... Just to introduce Kim to you all, I met Kim when I started the podcast course. Kim lives in America and talk about intimidating when I first met Kim because she's so, she comes across as super, super confident and I was on this course trying to take it all in and then there was the likes of Kim that's got a really good background in, in tech and editing and I was trying to take it all in and, and trying to be impressive and as the journey went on in the course and as I got to know Kim, we formed a friendship and we now have this mastermind group, including Kim and I've spoke about that before with Nicole, Emma, Joanna and Lisa. And I thought I'd invite her on. So I'm so excited for, for this interview because Kim has an amazing background with tech and she's a, the lady I always go to when I'm struggling and not sure what to do with the podcast. But she also has a really interesting background in regards to self-care and healing she's also a reiki master so where do we start kim where do we start <laughs> that's hilarious that you were intimidated by me because i'm often intimidated by you because claire has brilliant <laughs> ideas and she's always thinking of new things and coming she's always like we we have that boxer group which is like a walkie-talkie thing and we all get on there and talk and every morning when i wake up there's claire who's been on there for hours like <laughs> <laughs> coming up with a million fantastic ideas it's hilarious oh, <laughs> yeah that's because so, i can't sleep so obviously we're how many hours in front of you or behind it's eight hours well, something it's around difference. noon it's like noon around noon my time yeah. and it's what eight, eight after eight your time so you're eight mm. hours ahead of me yeah so you basically wake up being bombarded by my ideas. Yes, I get you and Emma, <laughs> and I love it. Well, and and Nicole to some degree, and Johanna because they're on the other coast. But um, yeah, yeah it's, it's fun. You're always there when I I'm wake always up. There. Yeah. Whereabouts <laughs> yeah. are you in America, Kim? Just from I'm in California audience. on the West Coast. Yeah. California. Yeah. Wow. So California. it's all God. So much has changed since we met. <laughs> so much has changed, and I just wanted to bring you on just to have a, an in-depth conversation really re regarding mindfulness as you know you've listened to the podcast you've listened to the guests but I think it's something that I've not really drilled down on with the guests because 
often people may go to yoga, they may experience having a lovely relaxing bath or maybe a spa retreat. But I just wanted to drill down on, on mindfulness and how this has impacted your life. So I know that at one point you had a really amazing, successful job, but felt quite burnt out by this. I just want to start by telling us a little bit about that. I worked for a really large um, retailer and I started off as the creative director in the advertising department, basically. And about 10 or 11 years into that job was when the whole internet thing started coming online. And I was really kind of a nerd and I was interested in that kind of stuff. So um, I was like, you know, playing around with stuff in the background and then they were going to make a, they were going to make a, an internet um, department, you know, a web department to, you know, do the website and all that kind of stuff. And the rumor was that they were going to hire from somebody from outside. And then that, that purse, that new person would be my boss because I had an interest in this. And I kind of, um, I, you know, I understood that it, we could use it for marketing and stuff like that. But in the, at the end of the day, they didn't do that. And they promoted me, which was like a huge surprise. And so then I became the manager of the, the dot com there and, you know, started, a, started up their e-commerce and all that stuff. And, and that, this was like back in like 99 or something when nobody really knew what they were doing. But I had some good outside help some good vendors and, you know, we got a e-commerce thing going on. And within like 18 months, we had the, we were doing over 2 million in sales just on our e-commerce uh, store. So that was a success. And then, yeah, I stayed in that job for about another 10 or 11 years. And I actually ended up leaving it because my then husband was transferred to another city and I went, I went with him and then I just kind of transitioned out of that towards more artistic type stuff and stuff that more spoke to me in my heart, you know, mm. helping people, mindfulness stuff. You know, I've always been like into uh, healing and, um, you know, like I am a seeker. I mean, I've always been like how into a lot of different, you know, self-improvement. I'm, I'm interested in figuring out how can I make myself better? How can I relax my mind? How can I take the best care of myself? I guess is basically what it comes down to. That's important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think having come from that environment where, you know, I, I've worked in sales before, it can be really intense, no matter what level you're at within a, a company, there the can be that intensity as if it's all focus, focus, full on, full on. And often it doesn't feel like there's a space for you to kind of unwind because it's literally like you're coiled up like a, a wheel um, yeah. for the whole day. And it's also not like a thing that they talk about in corporate America. They don't tell you like, what are, you know, how are you taking care of yourself? How are you, you know, a lot of people have huge anxiety people, you know, we all know people that have anxiety. I myself have anxiety and, you know, we have stuff that we're dealing with, but that is just, you know, mental health kind of stuff. It just doesn't come up or even just self-care. It's not, mm. it's not encouraged. Now the company I worked for was a um, a large retail florist and garden center. So one of the good things around there was flowers. I continually had flowers around me. And I think that, I mean, that just made such a huge difference because, you know, I had an access to kind of a touch of nature because even though it was in Minnesota, which has brutal winters, but I could go walk through those huge greenhouses with all the plants and the flowers. And that's even good self-care. I mean, and I wasn't the only one doing it, obviously. You'd, I'd see my coworkers out taking walks through there too. And, and people would come and, during the winter months because it was just, you know, gray outside. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, 
that's a kind of a self-care. Just take a walk and really pay attention to what is around you. I mean, you know, I love to go for walks and take pictures of flowers and just stop and really look at where I am, you know, get out of my head for a little while. Yeah. And I think that's something that I've really enjoyed. And my husband hates... (laughs) often going for a walk with me or with a grid I'll, I'll leave my uh, my phone at home so I can't take photographs right and the, the village that I live in so I live like about three miles from Sherwood Forest as you'll know Robin Hood and all the rest of it um, oh I but, love um, that <laughs> but we're basically living in a small village and I went on a walk that I've, I've not been in in this like area of the village since I was at school it was like a cross part of like a cross country run that I used to try to do when I was when I was at school and my husband's from a city so I says we'll, we'll go and have a look up here or we'll go and explore and it was just lovely and I was taking photographs of butterflies as you've probably seen on my Instagram account taking yes. photographs of the sheep um, and just like the I remember looking at the fields and thinking all the greenery you know with the the, the beautiful bright sky the, the blue it's just so so beautiful and I think what's been interesting about lockdown and obviously not taking anything away from the horrendous suffering that, that people have, have gone through is that it's almost been for me a bit of a like an awakening that I can't imagine ever having the opportunity to do what I've done in lockdown before like retirement if, if you like I've had months off work um, and I'm quite lucky with you know I've been on furlough so I've, I've been paid but it kind of gives yourself time just to take a stock of, of everything and I think a lot of people have been the same and it's almost like there's this kind of a, and a, it's almost like there's kind of a, an awakening with everyone and I hear on the on the tv on instagram everywhere that I read the people just don't want to go back into that rat race and I always think about a a gerbil on the wheel and it's like yeah when I was in a a really really bad relationship and I was like well I want to leave I can't leave and all all the rest of what bring what a codependent relationship brings I can remember thinking I just really really want to leave I really want to get out of this relationship Mm -hmm. I couldn't and I think with um, lockdown it's almost a case of everybody's jumped off that wheel nobody wants to get back on the day they've stopped it haven't they yeah well i mean you know uh that job i was talking about my previous job i literally worked for 20 years in a basement Mm. i'm i mean i had no outside windows and i was you know in a i wasn't i was fortunate enough i had an office with the door but you know you're sitting under fluorescent lights and it's just not the healthiest environment i mean it's like we used to joke we'd be like we got to get out at lunch get the sun (laughs) in our eyes (laughs) <laughs> because we're like, and I'd have to call my friends that were like in other parts of the building who had windows and it's, you'd be like, what's it doing outside? <laughs> what's the weather doing? So, yeah. and that's just, I mean, you know, and who would want to go back to that? I mean, Absolutely. now, I mean, this is like, what I love about this too, is like, people are now saying, I don't have to live near London or I don't have to live in London or, you know, in New York or whatever. I can live wherever I want. Mm. I don't have to, I don't have to be near these huge uh, cities because I can work remote. Yeah. So, and, and I love that, you know, a lot of these things that we thought were like, oh, it would be a big deal to take everybody remote. Well, it really, you know, look at how fast a lot of these things have been able to uh, shift and change, which that's, that is encouraging, I think. Absolutely. When when you talk about working in the basement, I can remember when I was a student, 
um, and because at the time my parents didn't work so they was on benefits so I was trying to put myself through college um, and I was really I had a really strong work ethic so even after college so I basically went to college all day um, I think my college finished about four 30 and between 4 30 and 5 o'clock I was able to cross the road walk down the hill and then go and work at a factory from 5 till 9 o'clock now this gave me this gave me time to have a small bite to eat but this factory just to put this into perspective was like a almost like a it must have been the turn of the century the industrial revolution when this factory was was put up and part of this factory had a basement, you know, like what you explained about it being dark, but not yeah. any not any normal basement. This basement was basically a Victorian factory, part of this basement, and they didn't really use it. So it was all about making tins. And you know the, um, I don't know what you, what you call it, you know the, when you can have like fancy flowers on a tin. Is it embossed? Yeah, like embossed, yeah. Embossed, yeah. So the embossed part of the factory meant that you had to go into this area that was mainly used around the Victorian times. And it was Crazy. just, it was totally surreal. The floor was just black dust. Inside was just black. And uh. you had to make, and th this machinery was clunky and horrid. And I was thinking at the time, you know, a lot of my friends were taking time out because their, their parents had, were teachers and they were taking time out and traveling. And there was I in a factory. <laughs> making these tins and I really do wow. feel for people that maybe they are working in factories or they are doing the jobs that we really kind of rely on to keep the yes. country going but actually they're probably thinking I'm keeping the cog going I'm keeping the clock ticking and I think it's for me I'm kind of questioning the whole ethics around it and especially with Boris saying you know let's let's get you back to work let, let's get you working because he wants to do those jobs yeah especially factory workers right now because I mean here in the states obviously we've had huge outbreaks of um, COVID going on with the poultry workers and the meat factories and stuff mm. like that so uh, yeah I mean yeah and who wants to do those jobs and then how do you how do you keep yourself sane doing that kind of a job right I mean just yeah. how do you take care of yourself and not just the factory work, just the, the general drudge of doing the same thing over and over again. And I think, like I say, with, with the, the lockdown, I think and it's just given us as time to reflect. And I'd just like to touch on your work with Byron Katie. Now, I know a lot of people listening will not have a clue. Um, <laughs> she's Katie got is. such a weird name <laughs> Byron Katie first of all she has two first names and the first first name is a man's name so <laughs> Byron Katie Byron Katie I'll tell you a little story the reason why she has that name is because when she was before she was born there was like a wealthy uncle in the family who said whoever names the first baby after me will get it like an inheritance so her mom named her Byron Katie um. if you know her she just goes by Katie but, right, okay. but she definitely uses, I mean, um, her, her technique is called the work of Byron Katie. So, and you might have heard of her. She's done, she's been on Oprah, uh, on the soul series for sure. And she's been in Oprah magazine probably more than once now. And, uh, Kathy Heller just had her on, on don't keep your day job. So if there, if you have any of those people listening, uh, but she has been around probably now for 30 years, honestly, doing what she does and um, yeah, I'm a trained facilitator in the work of Byron Katie because I got 
interested in her like in the early 2000s I found about out about her kind of like a weird a weird you know succession of events but so I ended up at a Byron Katie um, workshop for a three-day workshop and it was amazing and the basic thing that Katie does is she helps you take she helps to get rid of like stressful thoughts I mean just the shit that is in your head that's causing you stress and worry sorry I just sweared you're fine <laughs> but um uh she helps you I mean she has a little technique that helps you get like let the stuff go and it can be about yourself it can be about other people it can be about a situation it can be about anything it's just whatever is in your head that comes around all the time that is like that thing that doesn't make you feel good about whatever it is. You know, like you're trying to figure, if, if you're trying to figure out something in your life, it's a really helpful thing to do. And so I went to a three-day workshop and I had some heavy stuff that was hang, really like hanging over me. And by the end of like the third day, I had sat down with a complete stranger. She has you do fill out like a worksheet where you kind of say like, this is what my issue is. You know, this is how it makes me feel. And then you start, her technique, you break that all down. So by the end of the third day, I sat down with a complete stranger and I, you know, like, here's my issue. And it's like so painful for me to even talk about this or think about it. But in 45 minutes, I was not only talking about it, I was laughing and crying with relief because I'm like, it's not true. The thing mm -hmm. I thought isn't true. I thought it was a true thing. It was a, it was a really big core belief that was causing me, you know, like, you know, when you hit up against your core beliefs, you get cognitive dissonance. And I was having like a lot of cognitive dissonance of trying to understand this particular belief and how it fit into my life and how I could even think such a thing. And then by the end of that whole scenario, I was like, not only happy I thought it, I'm like, it gave me more options. I thought it like was narrowing my life, but I'm mm -hmm. like, no it's expansive. I can actually look at this a completely different way. So that's what, that's what Katie does. And it's just four questions and a turnaround basically. And if you really dig into it, if you really dig into your topic and really are willing to go there and look at it, you can make like huge strides really quickly. Like you know, like I, I feel like that thing that I'm talking about, the, the stressful thought of mine, I could have gone to therapy for that. I probably could still be in therapy for it. Honestly, it was one of those things where it's like you could really nick it, you know, pick it apart and rah, yeah. but I didn't have to 45 minutes with a stranger who I know she told me we talked about it was like, I think I think the exercise were, was basically like talk about something that's like very like you're super ashamed of. And this thought was making me feel ashamed. And then I don't mm -hmm. even remember what her thing was. And I'm sure she doesn't remember mine either, because by the end of her session, she felt the same, too. She was like free, free wow. from that thought. So it's huge, but it's not for the faint of heart because I mean, you, like I said, you have to be willing to go in on something that you really think you know what that thought is and how, what it means. You have to be willing to open your mind up and go to a different version of seeing it and understanding it. And when that happens, it's like, wow, it blows your mind. It really mm. does. So do you mean yeah. that for those that listen, that, that what, what you're saying there is you have a thought that you own as a belief and that belief is a fact about your in life. your mind in and your it's mind, causing yeah. you stress yeah 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 so from that point of this realization that actually this thought wasn't a fact 
and that had been challenged and the weight had lifted mm-hmm. what effect did this have on your life from that point okay so so that was at the three-day workshop so i came out of that three-day workshop going wow that was huge and I came home and immediately signed up for her 10-day, what she calls it, the school of the work. And so I did that. And after the, when I did the 10-day school, which was in LA, I told Emma about this. I had an experience there where, I mean, basically the whole point of the school is you are going in and you're looking at, you're just going after all those thoughts. It's thought after thought after thought, and you're doing all these different kinds of exercises that are kind of helping you to shift your perception on what's really happening in the world. And um, I had an experience at that school where we were on a walk and all of a sudden my perception completely shifted. And it was like, (laughs) it it became so clear to me that everything's fine. Mm. And that pretty much everything we think is made up. And, you know, if you go way back to the beginning, it is because the minute you're born, they start labeling you. You're like, oh, it's a girl, girl. Her name is Claire. Now her name is Claire. Mm. I mean, you know, you they, we take something that is like nothing really, and then we make it into a thing, which is a person. Yeah. And then, you know, all the thoughts and belief systems that we have, we that we think are good, we feed into that person. I mean, it just, this is the way it goes. During that school of Byron Katie, I just kind of all of a sudden realized on this walk, I'm like, everything's just love, basically, is what my mind came to. And once I clicked into that, it was like, I can't explain it, Claire, because I can't put it into words, but Mm. it was, there's no separation between things. And there's no, I mean, everything's, we're all, I mean, I've said this before, you've heard me say it, it's like one big soup kettle and Mm. we're all, everything's in there together. And until someone goes, oh, there's a carrot, then it's, you know, then they pull that separate thing out. But, but that's still part of a larger thing, which is this world. So that caused me to like, I I felt a shift. You can't chase those kind of experiences. You know, I'm not in that state right now. I do a touch on it sometimes, but, but when I came home from that school where I was gone for 10 or 11 days or whatever it was, I was like completely different. And my uh, now ex-husband was like freaked out. Cause I was, he's like, he goes, I'm not used to this. You're singing. You seem so happy. You seem so relaxed. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> but he, it made him nervous, you know, cause I was, I was like a completely different person when I came yeah. back from it. And I just felt like I had this huge expansion of understanding and like, and honestly, like through my heart chakra, because it was just like, I opened up to the possibility of like, everything's okay. Mm. Everything's so everything is ultimately okay. And that just came through the understanding of doing all that work, you know, hours of, you know, doing her exercises and all the different things she had us do and just, you know, just getting us clear on ourselves. Mm. And I remember when, when I had that walk because we did morning walks at the school. And when I came in, I always went to the, tried to be at the front of the room. Cause I'm like, I'm going to get my money's worth. <laughs> I'm going to be right in front of Katie. And uh, she would always say, you know, how was your morning walk? And, you know, it was 150 people going on a walk, two groups of 75. So it was hilarious, like little ducklings. And we were, we were coming out, we were in an airport hotel by LAX, which is not a beautiful area of um, Los Angeles. And so it would be like, and we didn't talk, we didn't talk during these walks. So it was like one person would lead each group. And we were like, you know, little ducklings walking along just in silence on this probably 20 to 30 minute walk every morning. And that was the first thing we did every day. And 
so she was like, how was your walk? And I'm like, and I told her and cause I, I was like, I felt like crying when it clicked in. What really put me over the edge was a little flower growing through the concrete in front of this like boarded up liquor store. And I looked down and I thought, oh my God, I was just slayed by that flower coming through that, through the sidewalk. Cause I'm like, what it had to do to make its way through there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm like, life will form yeah. everywhere. So, and from that point, it was, and then all of a sudden my mind just went, and something happened and everything perceptually shifted. All of a sudden I'm like, everything's okay. I mean, that there was tons of traffic. I'm like, wow, that traffic's beautiful. I mean, it was like, I felt like I was on drugs, but I was completely not on, mm. on anything. I was just on life. And when I told Katie all this, she was just like, yep, welcome to reality. And I'm like, yeah, uh, I get it. I get it. And this inspired you so much that you went on to help other people working for Byron Katie. Yeah, I went, I went on and did a few more. Um, she does like a New Year's, she calls it a New Year's cleanse. It's a five day thing where you come and you get your, it's basically a juice fast and then they, and you're doing this work. So you're, you're, cause her, she says your body follows your mind, mm. which so that if you have a clear mind, you're going to have, you know, your body's going to react how, whatever we're thinking up here is how our body is processing down here. So um, she does the juice fast over. So I did, I did that. And uh, I did some other stuff with her and then I ended up being a, on staff for her European school and she was doing that in Germany then. I'm not sure where she does it now. Goodness. And so, yeah, that kind of just worries me a little bit. And I know it's something that I need to address because you're a Reiki master and you always hear that, you know, that gut, you need to look after your gut. You need to be looking after what's going in and my goodness I've abused my body no no end I have totally abused especially in, in lockdown I mean as you know I, I gave up the sugar for Lent and yes. some and some and I think it was probably about a month and a half ago I started back with the sugar very very slightly and I've not gone full on but it's honestly Kim and I don't know if you've ever had an issue with, with weight and I know a lot of people listening have um, but the, the, <laughs> self, the self-sabotage yeah. is just it's just crazy it's almost like you know in my head I have a thousand books I have the knowledge I've done nutritional understanding I have the sense you know I have some sense I, I don't have a lot of common sense but I, have, I do have sense in there right and then you set your intentions and everything's good everything's great and then it's almost like you've got this emotional demon within you that says oh no I'm not going to allow you to have your, I'm not going to allow you to, to meet those intentions. I'm going to screw it all up and you're going to be right back at the start. Right. And, and I think about, you know, what you said there about, about the juice. And I've, I've, been, I've, been, I've been reading a lot about that. And I mentioned on the podcast this week that I bought a detox kit for 14 days. I bought some healthy bacteria, some tablets mm-hmm. to take just to, in, in no way shape or form to lose weight but just to kind of give my body a rest and yeah and I just I do I say I, I do worry a little bit you know I'm 45 and at the weight that I'm at at the moment and my relationship with food can be quite sporadic and I think at some point Claire you need to the, the yo-yoing needs to stop it needs yeah. and I can't say that I'm super super stressed constantly and that's where I do it 
and then part right. of me part of me worries if it's a habit that I've I've got into is it that mm -hmm. I literally need to just cut out all food groups and try and start it from scratch because it's just so it's so wearing I know listeners will be listening to this and totally on yeah, board with, with what I've said with regards to the the yo-yo diet and so where do we even start to look after our bodies never mind weight loss where do we actually start with self-care and looking after ourselves and, and respecting our bodies again yeah so i think um honestly honestly claire if you do want to ever do the work of byron katie on this whole thing it would probably be helpful because um i really do believe what she says that the body follows the mind and so what you're describing is like your mind is so busy well your mind's busy so you're then you're going to feed it because you're, you're going to feed it because then the body feels busy and you know it's a it's a cycle right and you know i've i have not had weight struggles i mean i would say like now i'm i'm in menopause i'm going to be 58 this year and that has been like my whole body has changed and so um i get you know, I haven't really, the, the weight, I mean, I, I weigh more now than I ever have because my body is like completely shifted. I've got like boobs. I never had boobs before. I'm like, whose boobs are these? <laughs> <laughs> and like my whole body just looks completely different than it used to look. And, you know, I've gained, a, I've gotten the weight around the middle, like they say that you do as you get older. And it, I'm like, this is just so weird for me. I've never had this before. And, but I'm like, I really try to love it. You know, like I pat my stomach and I'm like, Ooh, I love my Buddha belly. I love it. I love it. My muffin top. It's so sexy because I'm like, you know what? It's like, I think that we all need to be well, way more kind to ourselves about our body images. Right. I mean, it's like, it's crazy. We just, we just don't need to do that to ourselves. And I mean, and uh, the eating thing, oh my God, you know, I was just on a camping trip. So it was like vacation. So I have been, I plowed through um, a whole like a uh, big packet of um, chocolate covered almonds, like a pound, a pound of chocolate covered almonds in like two days. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm on vacation. <laughs> and then I had um, one night, I think we literally had s'mores for dinner and uh oh, sorry. Yeah. s'mores do you know what those are no <laughs> it's you take it's like you take a you roast a marshmallow over the fire okay. then you take a graham cracker do you know what a graham cracker is no <laughs> it's like a biscuit like a cookie okay. kind of thing it's like a okay. cookie right then you take a wafer of like milk chocolate you put milk chocolate on your graham cracker you roast the marshmallow on the fire then you put the marshmallow on the chocolate and the biscuit the graham cracker and then you put another one on top and smash it all together and it's about this big it's this big chocolate oh gooey gooey delicious thing and my uh boyfriend had never had them before i'm like what you've never had a s'more <laughs> and we think they call them s'more because you can't eat just one we, we never checked but yeah so we had those um for dinner i literally like had three of those one night for like at the campfire i'm like ah. so you know, I have my little weird food things too. And I'm like, oh my God, all I've been doing is eating. And, but then I'm like, I'm going to be okay with it. Cause I, I'm just, yeah. I'm really, really been working on and forever, but now even more so in the lockdown of just allowing myself to be how I am. And I think the, the more we can do that and the kinder we can be to ourselves and the less we are doing that should shoulding ourselves like oh i shouldn't have eaten that or i should eat this or i shouldn't have eaten at that time i should be eating now you know it's like all mm -hmm. that stuff 
it's, that's what makes you crazy. And so I'm just trying to be, like I said, it's like right before I, I went for a walk before I got on this call and I had to change my clothes. So I was stripped down and I looked at myself and I thought, yeah, I don't look like I used to, but it, it is what it is. And I, I still love it. And I have a, another interesting story about food from about 10 years ago. I ended up living with my sister and I was in huge trauma. My marriage had broken up. My life had like literally like blown up and things were everywhere. And they really, the only thing I still had was I had my health. My mental health was a little bit, uh, and my emotional health was, uh, but I ended up living with my sister and I hadn't eaten sugar, honestly, like hardly at all for like seven years. And when mm. everything went like to hell, I was just like, screw this. I need cakes and pies and lots of whipped cream. And I started eating like a cake or a pie with whipped cream a week. Like every day I would have a big piece of cake and whipped cream. And I was like, I, I didn't gain weight. My sister was ready to kill me because she was like, she walks downstairs one day and I'm sitting at the kitchen counter with a big piece of chocolate cake covered with whipped cream. And I'm like, Rah, just, you know, enjoying the hell out of it. And she's like, I don't get it. She's like, I don't get it. She's like, how do you, how are you managing this? She's like, what are you bulimic? What's going on? And I'm like, no, you know what it is? I've like deprived myself for so long. And this is like love to me and my body, because I'm not having a story about this freaking piece of cake. I'm seeing this as like a loving, kind thing to do to myself for myself right now. My body is reacting to this. Like I'm eating broccoli. And she watched me do that for the nine months I lived with her. And then I went on to keep, I, I kept doing that. I did it for how, I don't know how many years I did the cake pie thing. Like every week, Claire, I went to the store and I either got a pie or a cake Gosh. and a cake. And whipped cream, because spray whipped cream was my thing. I still love it. <laughs> oh, God. My, my mum's like that. Honestly, she can eat food and not, you know, not put weight on where I'm like my dad. And she's one of these right, really annoying people that she'll have, oh, I've got a savoury tooth, not got a sweet tooth. I'm like, but mum, you make huge cake. I mean, you've seen my mum's cake, what I've posted. Yeah. She makes these huge cakes and she eats a cake and she eats a savoury. But she, I don't think she's ever been above like a, a size 14. It's absolutely, absolutely bonkers. But going back to what you said about the shoulds and, and the words that we use, um, it's quite interesting that I received some EMDR therapy back in 2018 mm -hmm. for trauma. I've had that, yep. And she discussed with me the, the words that we use within the diet industry. Um, and she says, you know, let's, let's strip back the words that we use. We use the words loss, use the words loser. Now, who mm -hmm. wants to be associated with loss or loser? If you've been through trauma or if, let's say, for example, you've had a miscarriage or you've, you know, you're going through like some really strong grief, who wants to be associated with that word loser? And what she was explaining was with weight loss, a lot of people can get to the point where the loser, the weight and that last 10 pounds doesn't come off easily because that person is associating that goal if you like with this big big loss I mean how many times do we hear you know you've had this this big loss I'm sure I've used it with, with my guests mm -hmm. with my guests you know but you know it's fantastic you've how, how much have you lost but it's really quite interesting when you do like strip back the psychology and when you do listen to the the stories that, that you tell yourself and and I think 
journaling in particular for me has helped me really look at that and sometimes it's unconscious journaling to the point where I'll, I'll get up I'll get a journal um, and I'll literally just write I can't always read what I've written yeah that's so powerful just to get whatever's in my head out before I even start the day or even sometimes it's even before I have a drink and I feel that that really helps and then looking back at what I have written you can then challenge the stories that you, you do tell yourself because yeah. it's, it's crazy isn't it why do we do this to yeah. ourselves well, I was just thinking, wouldn't it be much more empowering if you just said how much change have you had in your weight? Mm. What have you gained from the change in your weight instead mm. of like, what have you lost from the change in your weight? I mean, it. it's just how you flip it around, right? Like, what mm. have you gained from changing your weight? Mm. That's so much more empowering than like, what have you lost? How much have you lost? And, you know, you could still ask what have you gained, but it's like, you really are gaining when you, I mean, if you're, if you have a weight issue and it's a, a health thing, you really are gaining by getting into better shape and losing the weight or whatever. Yeah. But that's not what we, what we say. It's like, I lost this. And it's like, you're right. And when we say I lost the weight, I mean, you're really losing a part of yourself because it physically is yeah. a part of you. So yeah, it is. It's weird. The, the verbiage is weird for, for weight loss. It should be, um, healthy gain instead of weight loss that's my opinion Definitely. <laughs> we could still start a trend <laughs> we can call what we, have we you can. gained what have you gained from your weight change hmm. you know i like that that and that doesn't sound that, doesn't that sound way less shamey or and way more um encouraging empowering Absolutely. say what have you gained from the change in your weight so i think whether you have an issue with weight or whether you have an issue with managing things within your life looking at the, the terminology the words that we use are really really important and if anybody's listening to the podcast thinking well what Kim's spoken about has really touched home if anybody would like to work through the Byron Katie process with you how can they contact you they can actually go to my website and I'll give them the coloringbookcoach.com and up the, you, you can book a session with me right there. There's a little booking button right on the front page. Brilliant. So, and I love to do that. And, and uh, I don't, we didn't touch on this, but I'm also like highly intuitive and empathetic. So I, I pick up on things too in the, you know, so I think that's just like an extra, an extra bonus. For an extra everybody. bonus. So Kim is a Reiki master too. And I think I might leave that for another session to go in, into some depth. So I'm trying to like ease my audience. In, in, into yes, this. no. Um, but it's so, so empowering Reiki. And I 100% recommend that. And that is what has kept me off medication when I was diagnosed with PTSD in 2018. Although I don't like to use, I don't like to use that word, not because I'm ashamed, but I try not to put myself in any any boxes of, of, of labeling right. I, I just don't like yeah. to do it like I was told I was dyslexic and sometimes mm -hmm. I mention that but I, I just kind of think right okay I'll challenge that and I'll say actually what can I do that's different to what anybody else can do so for example mm -hmm. this week I've downloaded um this template to create ebooks but I'm dyslexic <laughs> but who cares 
I know. See, that's why I said earlier, I'm intimidated by Claire because she just does not care. She just goes for it anyway. She's like, screw you people on your labels. I'm doing this. And that, that's, what, that's what I think. I just think you have to. No, you it, do. It's, it's, I think obviously it's been a process of, of getting to this point and being confident. And, you know, you joined me yesterday with Joanna. I did the live. I did the live. Yes, on my it was Instagram. awesome. And I was like, okay, I'm going live. And I was, I was saying this on the live. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm going to invite Joanna now, but I'm not sure how to, how to do this. And I, I truly didn't. And I was going yeah. live. And, you know, if you'd have told me this story four years ago, I'd have laughed, laughed my head off that I would, be, I would be going live. And also, I'd not got full makeup. I mean, at right. the moment, I'm at a higher weight that I'm, I'm normally am. So at the moment, I'm like a size 18. For, for years, I was between a 12 and a 14. And yet, there I am going live for, for everyone everyone to see. And yeah, it's it's, it's And it's it was brilliant. Yeah. I do think so. And it was great. I mean, and it went great. You guys were totally interesting. It was engaging. I mean, who wouldn't want to oh, listen to you guys? Thank you. Thank I mean, you very you know, much. You're my soul sisters. So I have to say that, but it's true. Oh. It's true, people. <laughs> if you missed that live, get on Instagram and check it out. Oh, it's on IGTV you. now, right? I, don't, I, I was talking to, to Nicole, who's also within our mastermind group, and asking, okay, so I've recorded it. I've put it onto my Instagram, but how do I get it onto my highlights? And these are all the little things that it's great having Kim oh, there's so much. and Nicole yeah. just to, to talk through because there's so much involved with podcasting, all the, all the technical bits and bobs. And I will definitely have Kim back on just to discuss Reiki too, because there's so much, so much to talk about and so much just to, I, I kind of want to, I kind of feel that I've got a bond with my audience. There's a lot of people that come back that DM me and we've got this connection. I kind of want to open up people's eyes to the possibilities with regards to self-care. I know we, you know, a lot of people talk about mm -hmm. having a bath with the candles, which is fantastic. A lot of people talk about yoga again, amazing. And it was quite funny because about two months ago, I interviewed Hayley and we had a great in-depth conversation, spoke about mental health. It was brilliant. And at the end of that, I asked her if she knew anything regarding breathing techniques and Wim Hof and she didn't. And just within two months, Wim Hof has been on this morning TV, which you won't know. Yep. He's <laughs> popping off. Yeah. He's getting big. Yeah. It's been on there. Um, and it's, it's just, it's, it's kind of becoming like a, a, a daytime go-to and it's a lot of people. I don't think know a lot regarding breathing techniques so before you go Kim could you just talk to us a little bit regarding breathing techniques I know I've done these techniques with you and yeah. I feel from somebody that has experienced panic attacks I'm not going to give you the wrong impression I don't have extreme panic attacks um, it was all trauma based and it was during quite a dark time at the end of 2018 but luckily it wasn't stretched out for years and years and years and I kind of recognize now if I get into a state of panic that I can use these breathing techniques take myself out of the situation and I can actually calm myself where when I was experienced these these panics I was using medication and it's not to say that right. I'm, I'm gonna you know really call medication or anything like that and I still have medication if I feel that I can't control these, but it's literally been, I think this year, I think I probably had three tablets because I'm using, 
I'm using these breathing techniques and they, they really, really do work. And it's, it's really hard as well because as a trained counsellor and psychotherapist and I've had to deal with really heavy cases of, of trauma myself as, mm-hmm. as a therapist, it's really hard when I talk about breathing techniques and how they can help with with panic attacks because I don't want to I don't want to like talk down people's experiences and what they go through but on the other hand I want to explain how breathing techniques can really really work and help calm you help calm your breathing and just get Mm -hmm. yourself just to get yourself back into a calm place so if mm-hmm. you just want to talk us through your experience of, of breathing techniques and how they have helped you with your situation when you felt overwhelmed. I do the Wim Hof technique every day and I do have another breathing technique that I also do, but I'm going to basically just talk about Wim Hof because I think um, he's just so accessible right now. And uh, when you were talking, it was, you know, your breathing, you can control your autoimmune system through your breathing. So when you're saying that you to use it for panic attacks and stuff like that, absolutely, because it's, you know, part of the system. So you're actually taking a part of your physical system and being able to kind of tweak it. So it'll like tune things down, right? Because if you're having a panic attack, well, a panic attack, people know that you can breathe through a, you know, you can breathe through a, into a paper sack, right? Just to calm yourself mm-hmm. down. There's a breathing technique. That's the one, no, we know that from, you know, that's a way to handle a panic attack. So um, I would say for your listeners, Wim Hof is huge and it's W-I-M-H-O-F. There's a free app in the app store. He's got a huge Facebook group now. When I joined the Facebook group a few years back, it was like maybe 60,000 people, which is still huge. But now I think it's well over 200,000 people. And his technique, which is it's, it's like a deep breathing technique that you do kind of in a rhythmic way. And then you hold your breath and you might, you know, if you get, if you do it a lot, you can hold your breath over two minutes at, mm. at any time. I mean, so it's crazy, but um, I would say just, yeah, just go re if you're interested in it, go research Wim Hof because his technique, first of all, Wim Hof is an amazing individual. He's broken like 26 world records of um, doing things like climbing to the top of Mount Everest in a pair of shorts and a sand and sandals in like two or three days time, like way faster than you're supposed to be able to. And then not having any clothing on to protect him from cold because part of what Wim Hof teaches you is you can take control of your own immune system. So he teaches you cold tolerance. So taking a cold shower, like yesterday, I, um, I can't get cold enough water in California, but what I do is I take a pitcher and I put, fill it with ice and then I fill it with water. And then I slowly pour that over myself for as long as I, you know, it, as long as I can take it, but, but it's really, it's about being able to control your own system. And, and um, like, there's tons of stories there that he's helped people with like rheumatoid arthritis. Just if you have an issue going on, just go and look. And there is, he, people do say that they have weight loss results doing the Wim Hof technique for sure. But I mean, the app, I don't know if you have the app, but the app has Mm -hmm. a lot on there. I mean, for a free app, it used to be a pay app, but now they're just giving it out for free. There's, you can, you can do the little uh, rhythmic breathing with him. Like I I use the app every day because it keeps track of like how many rounds I do and how long I hold my breath. And and then you can, it puts it on a calendar and you can say, okay, I'm keeping a steady rhythm with this. Mm -hmm. So the other thing about him is that there's a lot of videos out there and he talks about 
uh, COVID-19 because what it, he, you're strengthening your immune system, you're strengthening your lungs, you're strengthening your whole like diaphragm and everything doing that that breathing. He talks about how you're keeping yourself healthier and, and uh, you know, keeping your airways clear and everything by just doing that breathing. And, you know, it triggers a lot of good things. They interviewed him and said, what, do, what does he think about marijuana? And he's like, well, I'm fine with marijuana. He's originally from like, I think the Netherlands. So it's legal there. But, um, but he says, you know, I, I think it's great if you want to use it. You can also use the Wim Hof breathing technique because, and get high on your own supply because it triggers your endocannabinoid receptors, which is what you get when you smoke pot. And you, you feel wonderful when you do it. And so mm-hmm. it, and many people have used it for anxiety, panic attacks. Um, like I said, rheumatoid arthritis. I've, I know about the rheumatoid arthritis thing because I have a, a, a relative who has it and a friend, a close friend who has it. And I was like, please try this because it's a, lot, you know, it's a very painful disease. So mm-hmm. it definitely helps with any sort of inflammation, anything like that. And I use it for insomnia because I, tr- I try to do a couple of rounds usually before I go to bed at night because I'm, you know, menopause, you don't sleep as well. It helps you get back in balance. So I would say, yeah, definitely explore breathing techniques if you're having any sort of anxiety or any sort of panic attacks or anything like that. There's other ones you can, you know, that are out there, but Wim Hof is big right now because mm-hmm. he's... He's been, again, he's been doing this for about 25, 30 years, and he's finally, he's, he reached the tipping point, and now he's finally out there, which is, it's great to see because it's such a powerful technique. Definitely. It's, it's so needed at this time. Totally. Um, and it's almost like, where, where, where did it come from? <laughs> what, what happened? Yeah. And it's, it's like, you know, the, the timing is just, it, it's amazing. And I think with any new therapy or with any therapy that's slightly different, there's that time isn't there of growing and people trusting that it works Mm -hmm. for people actually start it and it's almost like the time that people recognize the power in this is any coincidence that it's the same time that we're going through this worldwide pandemic yeah yep and his and i mentioned this on emma's thing but you know i'm i'm into like i look at how things interact with our ourselves on the body and like okay so like and i the planet's a living thing we have covid now on the planet that affects the lungs the lungs are associated in Chinese medicine and other medicines with grief. So our planet's lungs are not doing well, as we know the Amazon's being deforested at a rapid rate and everything. And it's, it doesn't seem surprising to me that this would be something that would affect our lungs because there's a level of us, we're all grieving at what we, what's happening now. Mm. Yeah, so it, just, it does make sense that the whim, the whim would be getting bigger right now one of the things that Wim did that they did with him in a university is they injected him with an endotoxin. I think it was like E. coli or something along those Mm -hmm. lines, like a really big heavy duty endotoxin. And he, within a half hour had no symptoms. And this was something that would make someone sick for two to three weeks, like violently really ill. Oh my gosh. And so they said, okay, you're a one-off because he's like, I can control my own immune system. And they said, okay, you're, you're just like some sort of weird person. He's like, no, he's like, give me a control group. I'll train 12 people to do the exact same thing. So I think it took him like three days to get them to totally understand the technique. And then they shot all those people through, through with an endotoxin, same results. So it proves like if I was exposed to any type of illness, I would be breathing my ass off doing the Wim Hof technique mm. because um, it detoxes you and it it's healing. 
It's just yeah. very, very healing. And yeah. I'd imagine for anybody listening to this that's thinking, what the hell is this? What the hell is this talking about? <laughs> I think, you know, when we look at people that are ill, I mean, my, my cousin, for example, she has really bad arthritis. She's at the doctor, she's under the hospital, she's under the specialist, but she's also been through quite extensive trauma. And for anybody that go, goes through any pain or anybody, especially that's been diagnosed with a condition, to then start talking about how this guy with his training can help you more than a doctor or a, a hospital, a specialist could, it's kind of who do you think you you know you're talking to i've got this condition i've been diagnosed and all that i would say for example similar to hypnotherapy i love hypnotherapy i listen to hypnotherapy probably three to four times a week different tracks just to if i'm really stressed or maybe if i'm tired i can't sleep and a lot of people used to think hypnotherapy is nonsense but over the years it's become more common and people have taken that on board where with wim hof it's very, very new. So like with everything to do with mindfulness, especially with Wim Hof, and I will be touching on other things, all that I would say is go with an open mind mm -hmm. and just see for yourself. Don't judge with your own understanding. Just go in with an open mind and see how this can impact your life. And it does actually have a Facebook group as well, doesn't it? And yeah, you'll huge. see on there, it's a huge Facebook group. And Russell Brand is a great believer of his mm -hmm. uh, technique as well. And Russell Brand, obviously, a bit of a bigger podcaster than myself, a bit of a bigger right. audience. Um, but yeah. I think the fact that he's talking about it more now, people are mm -hmm. taking that on board. And Yeah, he's been on Joe Rogan several times when I'm hot too. Yeah, yeah, so you could listen to him there. I mean, he's a character. He is a character. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he really believes in what in, in what he's discovered and, and why shouldn't mm -hmm. he? I mean, he's proven it scientifically several times. I mean, exactly. they have done many several many studies on this guy mm -hmm. to try to figure out what the hell is he doing with the human body. And he's proven that we have way more control over our body than we've been ever led to believe. Breathing. Yeah. I mean, you can you can change your physiology by through breathing, through breathing the Wim Hof method. I 100% believe that. So while we're all on lockdown and we're hearing this news, I hope this is going to give everybody a great opportunity just to, to take a look at that and just to challenge, I think, our own stories, our own beliefs, and just to try something new. I know everyone's going out for walks. Maybe they're trying different exercises. Let's just start by thinking about how we can change our mindset and give our minds bit of breathing space and if it's taken on board another belief another therapy and just just trying it you don't have to you know you don't have to try it and then it doesn't have to be you have to be your way of life or anything like that but at least just just try it and give it a go and I'm so grateful that you came on today Kim and we'll be having you back on again oh it was <laughs> awesome thanks for asking me Claire this is great <laughs> you're welcome and you, you've got so many stories so many great stories to, to share so much wisdom just to pass on and your life experiences are are incredible but that'd be for another time <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no i get it <laughs> all right you okay, take care thanks, Kim. thanks for joining me thank you yes bye 
so pleased Kim agreed to come on the podcast. She's such a fantastic lady and she inspires me on a daily basis. And she's so funny. She is so funny, so witty. And I just loved having her on the show. So how was it for you? Did you enjoy it? I know it's a bit different, but it's true. You know, if we've got our mindset, if our heads are all over and resemble a, a mixed up shed or a mixed up filing cabinet, we need to sort out our heads before we can meet our intentions. And it's as simple as that. You know, you'll you'll remember those feelings or those times where, you know, you, you've gone to gym and you've really pushed and you've really met your goals or when you've you've joined a, a weight loss group and you've not really stumbled, you've just, you know, you've got weighed and the weight's come off compared to those times where other things are happening within your life, as they do, as life happens, as life unfolds. But there are techniques that can help you during the chaos to get focused and it might be that, you know, you take a aside 10 minutes in the day to meditate or you take 10 minutes aside before you go to bed to practice these breathing techniques. And I assure you that they do work. It's not, you know, it's not all mumbo jumbo. These techniques do work. And I guess now that I'm getting closer to the community that I'm building, that I just want to give something back to show you that if you're struggling, this works and it's free, you know. What more can I gift you with? A technique that works and it's free. And if after listening to Kim, you think, well, actually, she's a lady that I could work with. Why don't you try joining the intuition course? Why don't you try? It's a five day course. It's free and see if she's somebody that you can work with and take it from there. But she has lots to offer. She really does have lots to offer and she'll open up your mind. She really will open up your mind and get you to challenge those core beliefs that simply are not true. Let's think of just decluttering our minds and really homing in on these techniques and see how they work for you. And if you do this, please let me know how you get on. Let me know how you get on if you try these breathing techniques for the first time, because I would love to hear your experiences. I would really love to hear that. Thank you for joining me for another week. Thank you for tuning in. If you're new to the podcast, this isn't the normal <laughs> this isn't a normal episode by any means but self-care is definitely something that I'm going to touch on more with the podcast you will normally hear weight loss transformations as a normal but this this was slightly different but it's definitely not going to be the last of the self-care episodes I produce for this podcast and if you are new please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast hit subscribe this is a free podcast and this will help me to climb the podcast charts. You have a great week. Until next time, take care.